0: Uh, the word love in the text. I want to give you three distinct definitions of love based upon the text. First definition is benevolence, benevolence is, is when you're being kind. Generous or helpful to somebody. If you never help anybody, you, you don't have genuine love. You have to be a blessing to somebody in order to have real love. Not just the folks you, you, you like, but you have to help folks you may not even know their name. And when you do so, that's what you call love in the true sense. Second love is having a pleasant feeling for somebody or something. You have positive thoughts about a person. And, and real love is positive even when faced with negativity. Someone can be being negative to you, and you, you could retaliate by being pessimistic, but you choose to love. You choose to love because as a Christian, one of the fruit of the Spirit is love. And so you manifest who you are. If you're Christian, you're going to love folk even that oppose you. Woo, you got to know how to love folk even when they scandalize your name. And the only way you can do that is with the fruit of love. You have, you have to allow that fruit to come forth and it has to be evident in your thoughts, your words, and your, your deeds. Final definition of love is, is theological. Is when your lifestyle says that you are devoted, committed, or addicted to the Lord and all that pertains to Him. And one thing that pertains to Him that's going to manifest whether you truly love him or not is his church. When you serve him, it's going to be evident that you you love him. If someone upsets you in the church, it's not going to stop you from fulfilling your duty because what you're doing is bigger than the person that, that is trying to mess up your day. It's about the one you serve, the one you love, the one that helped you more than you could help yourself or anybody could help you. It's about Jesus. Love won't let me do in contrast. To what he tells me as a true believer. And if I do, in, if I do fall short in some way or another, I'm going to be quick to put into action what he told me when I do come short of Mr. Mark. You understand what I'm saying? Let me break it down a little more. You're not just going to have served God if you truly love him. And if you find yourself not doing all you need to do, you're going to be swift about repenting and doing what is right because you want to please him. I said because you want to please him. (laughs) Am I in the right house? If that be true, tell somebody, I do love him. him. And I want to please him. In In the church and outside the church. And so Paul said to the saints at Rome, let love be without hypocrisy. Don't be false when it comes to saying you love God. Don't say that you're dedicated to him, but you won't do what he tells you to do. Jesus even said to his disciples one time, he he said, "Why, why do you call me Lord? And you don't do the things that I say or or tell you to do. Jesus considered love uh, as an act of obedience. Said to his disciples, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. You'll do what I say. And, And it's not always an easy task to obey God. I said it's not always an easy task to obey God. Uh, sometimes you, you have to really push yourself to do certain things. One simple, one simple example is fasting. God tells you to go on a seven-day Fast. Now, it's not easy for you to fast from, from morning to after service on Tuesday. And now he tells you to do a seven-day fast while you're working. Woo! That's going to be challenging, but, but, but you do it because you love him. That's the only way you, you, you can do it while your stomach is growling. Only way you can do it while you're seeing others eat and you know that you can't is because you love him. Because you can't lie and say you're not hungry or you don't want what you see others eating. You do want that, but you're not going to do it because you love him. So how I many understand what real love is? And sometimes it has to be a sacrifice to truly express how much you love somebody or something. Amen? Amen. But again, he says, let love be without hypocrisy. Don't love me when we are get along and then we have a little misunderstanding or, or, or I say something that does not sit well with you. You still have to love me. And uh, you, you—that's gonna happen. I said that's gonna happen. That—that's gonna happen to folks you hang around all the time. It's gonna be something that's gonna come out, come up that you ain't gonna like what them They said a vice versa. I said you ain't gonna like what they said a vice versa. You ain't gonna like what they did a vice versa. But when you have love embedded in your being you'll still do the right thing. And that's what Paul wanted the church to do. He said, look, I I want you to love, but I don't want you to be no pretender. I don't want you to be false. I don't want you to be saying one thing, but you're doing something else. I got to show you something real quick uh, in reference to being hypocritical when it it comes to... uh, To love. Let's go to Proverbs 11. Proverbs 11, verse 9. Ready? I wonder if if, if this is a portrait of you and your past. And we are praying that it's not a portrait of you in your presence. But notice Proverbs 11 and 9. The hypocrite with his mouth destroys who? Somebody that's close to him or her. The hypocrite with his mouth destroys who? The hypocrite with his mouth destroys his you and her still friends. No, nah, we ain't friends no more. I can't stand her. What happened? Well, she got to saying this, that, and the other. I thought she was mine. What you doing with your mouth? Destroying who you used to drink coffee with. You used to pay for her meal, but now you're destroying her with your mouth. That tongue will work, won't it? It'll work for evil or good. But if you're a hypocrite, it's going to work for evil. You'll use it to destroy a person. And so, in Romans 12 and 9, Paul took, took it a little further in reference to love and basically let the saints of Rome know that if you are not going to be hypocritical when it comes to love, is two things you're going to have to do. Two things you're going to have to do. And the first thing that he he tells them to do in, in the text is to abhor that which... Is evil. You have to detest, reject, or hate what is connected to the devil or what is morally wrong. You got to hate it. you have to hate what is connected to the devil or hate that which is morally wrong. And sometimes wrong uh, can be high on your your choice list. Ooh, now y'all don't want to act right. Have you ever been talking to somebody and, and uh, you felt like, well, if I lie, it'll make it better. If you don't been there, I, I, I want to inform you that evil or wrong was high on your list. And don't even try to act like you don't know what I'm talking about because everybody in here ha- has told or said something that was a lie because we were trying to cover up something. Get this. Since you've been saved. (laughs) Say to your neighbor, since you've been Holy Ghost Field wrong has been high on your list in reference to choices. Abhor that which is evil. I know you think it's gonna work out if you tell that lie. But it's gonna come back. How many have learned? You reap what you. If you have teach somebody or uh, uh, say to somebody, you gonna reap. You gonna reap. Finish it. Got to show you something. Go with me to uh, Psalm one nineteen. And some folks don't, don't think it's going to come back, but it's going to come back. And it ain't going to be on your timetable. It's going to be on God's timetable. He sound like he know, yeah, because it done happened to me more than one time. I was hoping to hear me too, but some of y'all don't even want to come clean with that. But notice Psalm 119, verse 163. Now remember, Paul told, told the Romans, Abhor what is evil. Notice the psalmist. I hate and abhor lying. And again, sometimes lying is at the top of our list. Now if you follow the psalmist who was David he didn't always have this testimony that he, he hated and abhorred lying because he lied. All have sinned and come short of God's glory. But now if you don't hate lying. You're of the devil. I have lied and knew I lied. But I, it, it just bothered me. I, y'all looked at me funny when I said that. I, I, got, I better just say it again. Because I'm, I'm coming clean. I have willfully. Willfully. Lie. I don't know how to be more plain which I, I have willfully lied and, and it just bothered me. Reason I knew no, I'm, I'm saved even though I willfully lied is because when I wasn't saved and willfully lied I was like, man, I'm so sure glad I came up with that. <laughs> of course it caught up with me, but at the time I I I used to try to plan lies. I wasn't like some of y'all cause some of y'all you could lie with a straight face we going to be honest tonight. How many, how many, if you go back to your past, you can lie with a straight face. And then bother you to lie. You, you were so good at lying to where you could tell a person what they needed to say in order to get out of something. But when you get saved, even if you willfully lie, it bothers you. And, 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 and I don't care if you do it 50 times. If, if you truly save, every time you do it, it's just going to bother you. That thing going to just. It's going to cause you to repent. Why, would it, why does it bother you? Because, because it's godly sorrow that's, that's leading you to repent or get that thing right. But if you are okay with lying, it don't bother you to Lie. Check your salvation. Jesus is not really Lord of your life. If you just, it don't bother you to lie. I need to show you something about it. Let's go to John chapter 8. Y'all uh, read this, probably can quote it, but I need to read it. John 8 and 44. I think I read this last week. John 8 and 44. This is what Jesus said to some, to some men. You are of your father the devil. And the desires of your father you want to do. Now notice that they desired to do what the devil did. It didn't bother him. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth. He knew that if, if Adam and Eve partake of the fruit, they would... They would die. And so what did he do? He murdered them. He tried his best to get them to, to do it. And he, he succeeded. Right? You know, y'all know the story uh, in Genesis 1 through 3 of Adam and Eve. But again, uh, he was a murderer from the beginning. I'm picking back up where I left off. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. The devil ain't got no truth in him. Because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie. He speaks from his own resources. For he is a liar. And the father. Of it. He is the originator of lies. So when you. Willfully lie. You may not be filled with a demon. But you are connected with a demon. That's the reason. It should bother us. When we. When we lie, whether we do it knowingly or unknowingly, it should bother us when we, when we lie. You have to abhor evil. You have to detest, hate, or reject evil. Why do I have to reject it, Pastor? Because evil is appealing. Evil can come in a real nice package. Evil is something that has the power to make you lust after it. Not me, I'm saved. Yeah, because you save it will. Yeah. And you, ju- yeah, you have to reject it. And, and it's not an easy thing. Because your flesh be wanting it. But your spirit does not. Wrestle between the flesh and the spirit. Why? They are contrary to one another. And they are trying to pull you to their side. The flesh tries to make you think, talk, and act according to what it desires. And the spirit likewise to what he desires. And you as a free moral agent, you have to make the choice. And that's a battle that everybody in this room go through. I'm too old. No, no, you ain't too old now. I'm too young. No, you ain't too young. And that's going to be a battle that you're going to have to deal with as long as you're on earth. I said, that's going to be a battle you're going to have to deal with as long as you are on earth. Because God didn't create us as free moral agents of people that have a choice for 10 years. No, that's until we get the glory. We got a choice. How many understand that? Second thing and and final thing that he, he says in Romans 12 and 9. He says, cling what is good. So he wants us to abhor evil, but to cling to what? what Got to cling to what is, what is good. To cling. Give you a few definitions. First definition. When you cling to something, you connect with it. You make a genuine connection with it. Make a genuine connection with with good. You cling or you make a connection with it. Second definition. When you cling, you depend on it. See, if some folks depend on evil, we Christian, we're gonna depend on good. One reason we're gonna depend on good is because God is good. We got to depend on good. Goody e- good equates God's word. We gotta depend on the word. You have to be to the point to where you you depend on good. Or depend on the word. One last thing um, the archaic meaning of good is to unite. Unite. When you unite, it's synonymous with clinging. So when he talks about clinging to good, you have to understand that cling and good are synonymous based upon the root meaning of good. When you unite, you you become one. I said when you unite, you become one. So we're going to cling or unite to that which is good, are we going to become one with good? Can I break it down? You're going to think good. Talk good. Do and experience good. When something negative happens, you, you're not going to break the tie. You're not going to break the connection. You're going to stick to thinking good, talking good. And doing good. Somebody cuss you out. You're not going to break the connection. You're going to continue to think. Talk. Say your neighbor you can't break the connection. Because you're one. You're one. Good also means beneficial. You're going to always look for benefits. You're going to be like David. David had to be be a person that looked for benefits. Remember his testimony? He daily, daily loads me with benefits. How in the world you are you going to know that, that, that he loan you every day if you ain't looking for? Him? What was he connected to? Good. See, we, we, we got to change our mentality because some folk, and this used to be some of us, look for bad. Man, don't that never happen right for me. If I didn't have no bad luck, I wouldn't have no luck at all. We done heard that, and some of us probably used to say it. But say to your neighbor, that's got to change. You can't utter nothing like that out of your mouth. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You gotta, you gotta look for your benefits. Lord, I'm hurting in my body, but I know it's a benefit. (laughs) Lord, I ain't got no money in my pocket, but I know it's a financial blessing somewhere. I know you're going to move on my behalf because you ain't going to let me be without because you said through David. No matter if I'm young or old because I'm righteous, I'm not going to be forsaken. Or begging no for no bread. That's scripture. I'm telling you, David looked for benefits. That's the reason God in 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 uh one sense referred to him as a man after his own heart. When you're going through a hard time, look for good. When you ain't feeling good, look for good. When things seem to be going down, look for good. Look at the text. Cling to. Cling to. Unite with good. Bad trying to come up in here, but ain't nothing here but good. Bad really working at my mind. But, but bad don't understand. Ain't nothing here but. Good. But see you got to change. You got to transform. Your mind. You got to transform the way you. Talk. Even the way you. You act. Yeah. Because if, if you're going to. Cling to what is good. That means your Behavior. Your habits have got to manifest good. That means your beliefs are things that you think on and things that you talk on have to be a reference to good. And folks will talk about it. It don't matter what's going on. She always got something positive to say. I knew she was gonna say something positive. Ain't, ain't, ain't that amazing? Folk get mad at you when you you are a positive person. But positive and optimistic are synonymous with good. And that's how Jesus was. Jesus, I, I've told y'all this story, and, it, and it's in the Bible, of course, but but I got I gotta talk about it for a minute. You remember when when, when uh, the parents wanted Jesus to come because the daughter was sick. And by the time Jesus got there, folk were outside mourning and doing this, that, and the other, saying she done die. Ain't no need in you even wasting your time. Go on where you wherever you gotta go, go on cause she she did. Jesus in the midst of all that said No, she ain't. She just sleeping. Y'all don't know what y'all talking about. She just sleeping. Long story cut short. He proved his word. She got up, and when they came out there, she was sleeping. (laughs) Say to your neighbor, we have to be united with good. Say that to one more person. We have to be united with good. You agree? I'm done. Let's get a lot of hands.